All right, guys, we've got a new partner here at DNVR that you can support, ZoomCare. The one great thing that we can take away from a pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of your own home, like doing the DNBA show five days a week. Nobody likes sitting in a doctor's office or even going to the doctor for that matter, but we all need to take care of ourselves. So what is video care? Video care is like a trip to Zoom care just from your couch. You can see here and chat with your doctor, just like a traditional office visit, get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health, which is super important these days, as we all know. Video care is covered by most private insurers, usually with a copay. So visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. There's nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc while sitting in your own living room. So check them out today and see just how easy it is. Zoomcare.com for all the details you need. Yeah, sure. Air horns. Air horns. What up? What's happening? Welcome into another episode of the DNBA show on DNVR Nuggets, YouTube, and Periscope. I'm your host today, Brendan Vogt, joined by the original DNBA trio. To my left here, I got Adam Adams. What's up, brother? None of these imposters like D-Line Co. and Dev. Like our friends and our hires. Get those guys (laughs) out of here. Uh, Below us is Harris Wynn, the man with the peloton in his hair. Uh, We are presented by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app. Top-rated? That's just because they print money. When they lose some money, it's it's a hoot. Is there a promo code by chance that I could use if I sign up that would be good for DNVR? You could use the promo code DNVR. Oh, okay. Wow. Perfect. Try typing that in, see what happens. Maybe some money magically goes into your account. I don't know. Maybe. Sounds great. Well, we're not alone today, guys, uh, as we often do when we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, or as we've done in the past, I should say. We like to bring in the homie Espo, friend of the show. Let's welcome him in. Oh, no. <laughs> air horns, air horns, air horns. <laughs> What's up, brother? How's it going? How's it going on? I'm just admiring Harrison's artwork behind him. I see that we've got the one and only Steve Nash back there, so uh, much appreciated. It makes me feel makes me feel at home. I hung that up for you, Espo, actually. <laughs> it's actually Brooklyn Nets legend, uh, uh, Steve Nash up there. Yeah, it's just really, really incredible. I, I prefer Los Angeles Lakers legend. Oh, God, even, it's even worse. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I'm digging that hat. There's a there's a new look. There's a new vibe going on in Phoenix these days. Uh, how you feel? How you feeling about the, the Phoenix Suns vibe? You know, when when we steal a, a look and feel from the Denver Nuggets, I can be couldn't be happier. Very very much uh, like your '90s uniforms, but yeah, I love love the new look. And I, in terms of uniforms, but certainly love the new look on the court. It's actually a winning mentality and a group of guys that is the deepest we've seen in Phoenix probably in a decade. I love it. I think it's good for the league. We know it's good for you, so we're stoked on that. We're going to talk about that plenty today. Can I, but... Hold on, can hold on. Can I can I interject here for a moment? Um, Please, Adam. I, I don't like it. I don't like the new look, but only because. Do you remember? This is what it reminds me of. Do you remember this game, Greg? 
the the old yes. gorilla <laughs> the gorilla game. Do you remember yes. this? That's what it reminds me of. It's very like boxy. It looks like there should be like gorillas, and which fits kind of the gorilla mascot. Yeah, it fits that. I I don't like the pixelation. I like the 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 idea of it. I I didn't like the eight bit eight bit pixelization that you get uh, going on. Uh, on it. So I agree with you on that front. Can you look at show the hat like real a uh, real close up? Just see, like you can see, you can imagine one oh, yeah, gorilla right. on the left side, another gorilla on the right side. And then you have to guess <laughs> velocity and angle in order to to destroy the other gorilla. So. I, I always thought it looked like an ultimate frisbee jersey, but look, we'll get to the sun. We'll talk more. We'll talk oh, more. About I, I called it an, an ultimate concert jersey or an ultimate music festival jersey. That's true. It's definitely that a music yeah, festival. Oh my God, yeah. That's exactly what it is. But hey, we gotta we gotta do some housekeeping, guys. This is a Denver Nuggets show after all, and we did hear from some of the Denver Nuggets today after they practiced this morning. We will get into specific notes, specific quotes, but first. What you all want, the MPJ update, or rather the update that did not happen. Uh, wind. Shocker. What can you tell us right now, what we learned, what we haven't learned about MPJ's status heading into Friday? Yeah, he's going to be questionable, it looks like, for Friday. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be like something we learn tomorrow or maybe tomorrow afternoon if he plays or not. Uh, it seems like he's still got to pass like one final physical testing type thing uh, to get totally cleared. So. It seems to me, if I'm trying to read the room, it feels like he's going to be playing tomorrow. It's not official, but I, I would be surprised if he wasn't playing tomorrow night in Phoenix. Greg, do they do this in Phoenix where they just never give you an update on a player status until tip-off? Yes, very much so. That's a, that's a James Jones uh, favorite there. They're not really let you know much of anything, and then they'll tweet out, Injury update, and you'll see the graphic, and you'll go, oh, "Okay, I guess that guy's not actually playing." So. <laughs> well, well, in this age of of like lacking scouting and a lack of information, I'm sure teams are very thrown off when starters are announced late in the day. Yes. I don't know why they do this, but um, uh, Adam, do you get that same sense? Do you are you holding your breath for MPJ to play tomorrow? I don't really have a sense one way or the other. Um, you know, I was shocked over the week, last week, last Thursday or Friday, when Malone said that he wouldn't play on Sunday or Tuesday. He basically ruled him out of Sunday and Tuesday um, last week. And I was shocked by that. So the fact that here we are a week later from that press conference and still not a, con a confirmation, I, I don't know what to make of it. If he doesn't play, it'd be pretty frustrating. The Nuggets have two games back to back. They need bodies. And also just this process, this ticking clock of, hey, let's get this thing started. It needs to get going now. The Nuggets are 7-7. Seven and seven. It feels like they're 0-0. Zero and zero. It's just a fitting moment for him to return and to completely demolish and humiliate the Phoenix Suns uh, and all of their fans. Yeah, my hope is he's questionable for you know some of those, those protocol reasons Wynn's talking about and, and not that they actually yeah. haven't made up their mind yet. Um, Wynn, did you have any sort of major takeaways from our, our brief conversation with Michael Malone this morning um i mean not particularly the biggest question we're wondering right now is if mpga comes back and if he does come back is he starting or if he's coming off the bench like that's the big question we're wondering right now i wouldn't be surprised if he came off the bench um i think that would be a mistake though i would definitely put him right back in the starting lineup because look he needs reps alongside Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. He's not going to get many of those if he's coming off the bench, considering the Nuggets have pretty much committed to playing like that full bench unit together now. So I feel like if it was up to me, he'd be back in the starting lineup. But 
know, maybe Denver tries to ease him into this thing a little bit. I was just as you're saying this, and as I'm looking at Greg, I'm thinking like you guys went through this last year, right? Because DeAndre Ayton, you're all excited. Here it is, year two. We're gonna get this. Like we're gonna get this thing started, and then he oh, yeah. tests positive for steroids. How many games did he miss? 20, 25 for steroids, and then was injured when he came back after about a, I think it was a week or two. So it was a long period. I think he only played thirty something uh, games when it was all said and done. And it was right off the bat too, right? Like, so you, oh, you yeah. go through a whole camp of excitement and like, hey, here we go. And then, so this exact same situation Denver's been in. We're ready for the Michael Porter breakout year. And it just feels like it keeps delaying. Well, if it's anything like DeAndre Ayton, you're not going to get it till next year. So. Oh, God, don't say and, that. I mean, that's the thing. And that's why I wonder if you relate to this. It's not just this individual prospect sort of being delayed getting off the ground. It's the big question for Denver this year, to Adam's point, was what does it look like with MPJ? The longer you go without starting that process, starting answering that question, I mean, did eight did Aiton's? I'm sure it set back the team as a whole, right? In in a sense, yeah, they got lucky that uh, you know Aaron Bain stepped up and played some big uh, minutes and and had a, a stretch where he played out of his mind in a way that we had never seen him play before, which helped them get off to a fast start. But yeah, they fell back to earth and, and did it quick. Uh, had an eight game losing streak without Aiton and you know the the thing with Aiton is everybody expects so much obviously as the number one pick and he's been a disappointment in the fact that he's not living up to that but he has progressed and it's that balance of and I'm sure you guys go through this too that balance of we want it now but we also understand big guys take a little longer especially when there's injuries or suspensions unfortunately involved sure well, Adam and Harrison, if MPJ does come back, if MPJ does start, I mean, what does is, what is this do to the rotation? Who's out? What does that bench look like? At Mars, I'm sure you've put some thought into this. Yeah, I, I've said, and I'm kind of going back to it. I know that Malone had the whole, I want to keep that bench lineup together. Um, I still feel like, especially if we're listing him, I, part of why I suspect they're calling him questionable for tomorrow might just be, he hasn't been with the team. Because remember, it's not even about, you know, you couldn't play. He can't be with them. He can't be, like, training under the watchful eye of the coaching staff and training staff. So I wonder if he's in shape. I imagine it's hard to be in NBA shape on your own. So there's all of those questions as well. And because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if he did come off of the bench. Um, or I wouldn't even be surprised, to be honest, if he was active tomorrow. And it's like Malone's like, 50 50 of whether i'm not i'm gonna play him i might wait till the second every game takes on its own identity adam you know that <laughs> that's so true but let's that's let's so true. i mean let's assume harrison maybe he doesn't start right away but let's assume the plan is getting michael porter jr back to that starting small forward spot yeah. in your eyes what does this do to the rotation you're the hashtag trust the bench guy we finally got a hartenstein game hartenstein i'll never get it what, you'll what, never get it what, what happens now with mpj coming back what should happen I hate to say it, but there's an obvious candidate for who gets dropped from the rotation, and it's Faku. Yeah, um, it's it's a pretty obvious choice, in my opinion. Um, you know, if MPJ is starting or if he's coming off the bench, uh, that means Will Barton. You know, th- those roles could be flip flopped, and and Faku seems like the odd man out to me. And look, it's not like this is going to be set in stone. We know this is fluid type of stuff. Um, if Hartenstein gets into foul trouble, boom, Faku's back in there. Uh, you know, if like that bench unit needs a jolt of energy, 
maybe Faku's back in there in the second half if he doesn't play in the first half. So it's totally fluid, but my initial read is that it might be Faku who gets swept. I have two questions for Greg here. First one, we're talking about Faku. Do you know who that is? <laughs> is this a name that's like rung outside of Denver yet? Yeah. That Chris Paul um, had a personal <laughs> vendetta against uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the name is familiar, yes, and one of the best uh, in the game for potentially an announcer screwing up and saying something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can, um, call you can call me Faku. So my second question for you is, when we came into the season – we all were like, I like everybody on this roster. And now you're 14 games in and you're kind of like, you know, fuck is a little small. I don't really like how he does it. I don't like who this – do you have this with the Suns where it's like you're 14 games in? Are there guys that are starting to get under your skin a little bit on the roster? Oh, yeah. I mean, people – Already. Are, Suns, Suns fans are divided. They're they're going at DeAndre Ayton, half of them. They're, oh. they're already – DeAndre Ayton? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Some have turned on Devin Booker, assuming the Kardashian curse is real, based on wow. based on a slow start there. Some have turned on Chris Paul, not not like massively, but like, oh, this isn't what was advertised. For me, it's a it's a guy like a Damian Jones who's supposed to be the backup center and really hasn't mm. provided much in terms of that. We relate. You look at it; that was an area that was supposed to be one of the questionable depth wise and it's proven to be that so there are guys like that i think in your case being seven and seven it probably exacerbates that a, a bit because you're expecting to be better uh, as a Suns fan at, at eight and five you forgive some of it a little bit more because it's the best start they've had in a very long time so you, you're forgiving of it i guess you'd think <laughs> i think some fan bases are just uh they're just always going to be miserable this is what i take from this because as you mentioned the Suns are the four seed right now like they're everything's going great so the fact that there were multiple players and not just multiple players but stars like if if you were to, if i were to ask i would have said well obviously you're not upset at eight and booker or chris paul you're <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. your first three were eight and booker and chris paul and i'm like oh well i guess there, uh, there were guys trying to trade deandre Ayton earlier this week and last week so wow that's, that's the wild west no no pun intended that is the phoenix suns twitter Okay, who is who are they trying to trade him for? Just to get a baseline Luke, here. Luca? Yeah, like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, we miss Rashawn home. You're like, come on, guys. Like, I love it, man. I think Carl Anthony Towns is the one that most pine for. They're like, oh, oh you know, mm. Minnesota's gonna want to move off him and and hopefully you can deal DeAndre before his value is completely gone. Like, All right. It, wow, it, this is wild. Wait, what do you I, think about that? Would you hate that? I would Towns because, is. I mean, I, I like Towns, but he's not what Aiton already is on the defensive end. And your hope is Aiton can evolve into what Cat is on the offensive end, or, or a poor man's version of that. So you have the best of both worlds. I'm I'm very much in the DeAndre Aiton camp, but we joke, Da Anon, the conspiracy wing of on Twitter likes to like to find crazy ways to bag on it. Uh, I love that because if you had a choice, we've thought about this choice thousands of times. But if possible, you want to do it with your own guys. It's just better. It feels better. It might not be the rational choice in the long term, but you just want to. Money's part of it too, right now. You look at it. DeAndre Ayton's on that team-friendly first contract. You got a couple more years before you have to make 
the decision on if you're going all in financially with him. If you trade him and you're trying to get a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, you've created, well, you may have a big three. You've created cap hell for yourself too, between uh, the guys, you know, Devin Booker, CP3 and, uh, and Carl Anthony Towns. It, it just, it, it, you wouldn't be able to spend anywhere else. And depth is actually what's carried this team so far this year. So mm. I'm much in the, let's see what this young guy can bring in the last two games if, if, if for DeAndre Ayton have kind of proven that that's probably the right strategy to go. All right. Well, this, this ahead, just bro. proves that everybody's miserable. I mean, that's yeah, the only 100%. thing is just that you, it's comforting because I am miserable. So it's nice to see that, that Greg is miserable as well. You've just described New Jersey. Can I actually, I know I keep interrupting you here, but we, right, have a, we have an we'll extremely, we have an extremely impatient commenter. Um, and I apologize. He lives in a cave and you know, like this is, this is true. Um, but he wants us to know from a Croatian fan, Dario Saric, fan, not fan. What do you think of his role? I think he's found the perfect role for himself. And it started in the bubble last year as, and it sounds crazy, but as the backup center on uh, the backup five on this roster, because he's very good at being a playmaker from that position, even though he's smaller, uh, he, he tries extremely hard on the defensive end. He's found that rotation. Now he's been in the protocol. There were some injury stuff, so he hasn't found a complete rhythm, but I I like where they're using him and what he's been able to do. Uh, It was a smart move. I think for the Suns to resign him and for him to come back to Phoenix, because there's really a defined role that he fits quite well. He's out right now. Correct. Yeah. uh, Protocol after the, Memphis okay. Grizzlies. Uh, oh, geez. Or not, yeah, excuse yeah. me, not the Washington Wizards debacle uh, it, it, earlier last week. And then uh, they just played Memphis the other day as well. So who knows what's coming up when it's it. Well, we've got some more kind of, we've got a, a, a good segment for you to talk about the Suns on the other side of the break. We'll do some buying or some selling on some stock shortly into the season. But real quick, just want to wrap up some practice thoughts. Um, I want to address because the, the quotes out there. Will Bar- uh, Malone was asked about Will Barton's comments before the season. He referred to himself as a starter, and Malone did say Will Barton is a starter. But he also went on to say they have more than five starting caliber players on the team, which has been sort of his company line since the preseason. Um, he did say that Michael Porter Jr. was the starter to open the year. So if you're worried if this was like a declaration that that Phil is a starter now over MPJ. Um, that's really not what happened there. So I, I just wanted to address that. Uh, why don't we hit a break? And when we come back, we'll get into some of that fun stuff with Espo. You guys, check out Hassle Cattle Company. Um, hassle-free meat for life. We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef with Hassle Cattle Company. The absolute best source of farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Uh, hassle Cattle Company, a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship everywhere all over the USA and straight to your door. They call their beef blue collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu in the land. Uh, they've got everything. We're talking New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu Franks, jerky flavors. They got everything. Uh, so, you, Did you get a package, Harrison? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So it's just, just vote didn't. Yep, okay. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm probably going to grow up a little New York uh, steak tonight, New York, New York strip tonight. Um, you guys can get Hassle Cattle Company 
for 10% off with the code DNVR10. Uh, check out, uh, check them out at HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order or get uh, free shipping on any order over $200. Also, a big weekend coming up on DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. And check out DraftKings Sportsbook because they've got another one of these unbelievable offers that's pretty much free money out there, it seems like, at least. Um, You've got a shot to turn $1 into $257. New users can bet $1 on Conor McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. Uh, of course, make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $257. If Conor McGregor wins by first-round knockout, place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR for new players. You got to be a new player to get $257 if Conor McGregor wins by first-round knockout. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Wow, that was crisp. I could not have done that with no music. Uh, (laughs) And there's no better way to kick off a segment than with no production value. But it's time to play a little... Buy or sell. There we go. I like that. Well done. (laughs) I love sad vote. Yeah. Well, not in real life, though. You usually give me a hard time when I'm sad. I do give you a hard time. Uh, (laughs) We've spliced up some nuggets and Sun's questions for you, Espo. We're going to have you go first on each question because you're our special guest and our friend. How about that? Um, Are you buying or selling the Nuggets as a mediocre team, a fringe playoff team? Selling. Completely selling. It's Talk to ridiculous. Us. ridiculous to even consider that. Wow, that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> I uh, Marlon, that's what you guys wanted. No, no, no. But I, but seriously, like they just haven't. We're their best win of the season so far is against the Warriors. The Warriors. You by the way, maybe a great win. Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors have looked great every game except for the one they played the Nuggets. So I don't know. It's. I swear the Nuggets right now. You know those 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 things you look at that's like an illusion where if you look at it one way it's a bunny if you look at it another way it's the evil witch do you guys know this what i'm talking about yeah, or maybe yeah, it's yeah. bunny yeah. duck or something i don't remember yeah, yeah, yeah this is what the nuggets are like you could look at it and be like right now i'm seeing the good team like yeah they're really good they have a lot of impressive things and then right. you kind of like blink a few times and go another angle and it's like oh no they suck so i think it's i think it's at least a fair question george carl on the keeping a 1000 podcast he definitely is seeing the duck not the bunny <laughs> Marius, what do you think? Are you buying or selling this squad? You want me to go again? Uh, no, no, no. Did you answer? We need a definitive. Oh, no. oh from me. I, I'm selling them as a mediocre team. I still think they're good. I don't. I think it's going to be a little bit of a clunky year. I, I think there's going to be some real ups and downs. But I think that's true of everyone. Right. You know, if the Nuggets win tomorrow night and beat the Suns, they're just a half a game back of the Suns, who we just right. talked about as being all promising. I mean, everything is everything feels crazier than it is right now. It totally the Nuggets are seven and seven. They're three and a half games back of the Clippers, who are the top seed in the West. So this thing is still super jumbled. And I like what Adam said when we opened the show. They're seven and seven, but if you, but it feels like they could be zero and zero because they haven't had their full rotation together for a game yet. 
And yes, you got to put a big caveat in there by saying a lot of teams probably could say the same thing. Um, but you know, for Denver, that, that's real. Also, they haven't had their full rotation together. Hopefully that happens for the first time Friday, but even then it's going to take time for, for these guys to gel. And I feel like everybody knew it would take some time. And I'm talking about like the roster. And I think that's a reason that they're not panicking and nobody panicked when they were under 500 because they entered the year with an idea that it was going to take a lot of time. Yeah. So I feel like there's this dynamic where, you know, in these media fan sort of respective bubbles, we're all in. If your team starts the season 500 high expectations, it feels like the sky is falling. And when you are on the outside looking in, it is so very easy to look at any given team and say they're seven and seven. Oh, well, the season just started, but I know they're good. I mean, <laughs> do you relate to that at all? And, and am I right in thinking that's how you sort of look at the Nuggets? Oh, yeah, I, you're completely right. Suns fans are acting like the, the house is on fire and they're the four seed in the West, the best they've been in, in a while. But you know, then you look at the Nuggets, you're like, yeah, they're going to be fine. This is this was a Western Conference Finals team last year. Look, my rule right now with how weird this year has been yeah. is I'm not taking anything serious till we get to 20 games. And then, then I feel like I'll have more of a feel. And it really depends, too, because how many, like for, in the Suns' instance, you know, I think Monday was a schedule loss after missing three games uh, because of the COVID situation and the health and safety protocol. So you come back and you play okay against Memphis, but you've been off for a week. Like it's going to be very difficult to read a lot of these teams, depending on how many games they they may have to miss or what key players miss because of uh, because of COVID and those kind of things. So right. we may never have a really great feel until we get to the playoffs, because that's when talent's going to win over anything else bizarre going on. By the way, for we have some commenters that saying they just hopped in. Who's the new guy? This is our homie Espo, host of the Sun Solar Podcast and the selfishly named The Espo Show. Um, so yeah, he's our, <laughs> the right guy to talk to when talking Suns. Uh, okay, Very let's flip it over to your boys here, Espo. Phoenix, are you buying or selling them as a top four team out West? I'm going to sell right now. I think they're a five or a six seed based on like we were just talking about. I mean, teams like the Nuggets are, are going to wind up moving back up in the standings. And, and I think the Suns are going to go through a lot of growing pains as this season goes on. But I think they're a five or a six seed. And they're the mm -hmm. kind of team that none of the higher seeds are really going to want to face early in the playoffs. Because I think this this roster is very much built for the playoffs. They're one of the slowest teams in the NBA right now in terms of offensive pace. You know, they, they play good half-court defense, which is weird to say as a Suns fan. De hmm. Good and defense have never been in the same sentence uh, in Phoenix before. So I'm I'm not too worried if they finish f five or right. six, and I think that's about the range it probably would be. Mara, is you buying or selling this Phoenix squad as a home-court team out west? Probably selling them as a home court team, but I do think they're five or six. Like I, I'm yep. really high on on them. This is the same thing I do when I talk about Denver, and I'm like, I think this Denver team can be really good, but there's just so many teams that also can be really good. I, I really think part of what's hard about being an analyst in the NBA right now is that we have such an influx of talent, and there's so many good players that you can look at it and go, like, man, this team has really grown over five years, but so has the rest of the league somehow. They just keep getting better. So um, I think the Suns are really good. I think Chris Paul's like – it's man, one of the worst things we do 
as analysts and in just the world over the last 10, 15 years is we just like make, we just ruin every experience because we hate a guy or like this. Like Chris Paul is, I don't know, in my opinion, one of the five, six, seven, eight best point guards of all time. And we talk about this dude as if he's some kind of giant loser or something. And him going to the Phoenix Suns, even though he was old, it's the same thing with LeBron. We thought, okay, maybe he's older. Nope, he's not. He looks great. So the fact that now he is not old, it's like that's a major addition. That's a major piece that just brings everything together. I buy them as a very good team. And I think they probably are in the category with Denver. Denver's more established. I think they're more confident. And I think push comes to shove, like I would take Denver. But if you just talk about talent, Phoenix Suns have a lot of talent. A lot of players. They they might lead the NBA in players that I'm jealous that we don't have. Mm. I love that point, and I'm going to sell them as a top-four team, but like you guys, I still think they're legit. And what I love about Phoenix is that roster fits together so perfectly. And one of the bones that we've had to pick with the Nuggets early on the season is that the pieces just haven't really fit. It's an imbalanced roster. There's too many guards. There's not enough wings. I look at the Phoenix roster, and I just love the personnel. Um, the shooting that they have on the wings, the toughness that Jay Crowder brings. I just love the offseason they had and how the pieces fit. Um, they kind of remind me of the Utah Jazz a little bit from last year's team um, in, in terms of them being just like pretty deep and having just a really solid identity and just knowing who they are. Are they your new favorites? Is you for the longest time you stand the jazz, it was very uncomfortable. Are you did you move to another of Colorado's neighbors? I just I, I just like how they were built, man. I, I like how they were built. They it seemed like Phoenix went to the offseason with a very uh firm plan of what they needed to add, uh like toughness with Jay Crowder and obviously getting Chris Paul was a huge win. I just like the direction that they're heading. It seems like they're on a very defined trajectory. I like, Harrison, I like Harrison running the four corners of fandom there. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what he's doing. It's really uh, – it's crazy. Um, so I want to go through the players on the Phoenix roster that I am officially jealous of. Real yeah, quick. Like yep. Michael, this is Michael Bridges or Mikhail Bridges? It's Michael Bridges, right? Mikhail? Mikhail Bridges. No, I screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine, buddy. You're fine. Number one, I think he's maybe number one. Um, the, we, uh, my guy, Javon Carter, absolutely, absolutely jealous of a big, 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 big fan. Um, I'm giving Javon Carter is related to Adam, um, and, and in some way, he's pushing the propaganda. Javon man. Carter is a bit defensively like what we thought we were hoping Faku would be, and and still can be. There's still plenty of time for him, but like, are you kidding? Javon Carter is like an ultimate, like when he's on the imagine being a point guard when Javon Carter, Carter's on the court, it must be so annoying. He's my guy. <laughs> Um, uh, we get Cameron Johnson, big Cameron Johnson fan. So this is the one for me, man. Oh, uh, Cam Johnson's the guy for me. I'm so jealous of Cam Johnson. Um, you cannot have him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no and then Dario Saric. So there's four players. And then Chris Paul, of course, and Devin Booker, I think is really good. I'm not necessarily jealous of him. He just seems like the type of guy that would not be in Denver. He's the same with Phoenix. I kind of feel like he might he might get out of Phoenix quick. Oh, but, man, don't do I, that to him. Do no, that I'm to just it. saying I don't want that stress. So I I that's that so I'm not necessarily <laughs> jealous, but um all those role players though, they're great. It's all right, right, let's keep Yvonne Carter surprisingly beloved here too. So you're not you're not alone there, Adam. Anybody that watches him loves him. Exactly. I always say be a star in your role. He is a star backup point defensive point guard. 
the Lonzo to Carter pivot here, just immediate. <laughs> um, all right. Back to the Nuggets real quick. Jokic off to a ridiculous start, a historic start. But the Nuggets aren't winning very many games. Espo, you buying or selling Jokic's MVP candidacy? I'm buying it because, I, as I said before, I, I still believe that the Nuggets are going to turn this around and, and be one of the top four in the West. And when you look at that, that's going to be because of, of Jokic. So I'm, I'm going to buy that. Mars, I know, I know you, you don't want to hear it, but uh, no. right now he's an early candidate. No, I mean, look, I think Jokic is going to deserve the MVP by the end of the year. That's as far as I'll go with it. I think he will deserve it. <laughs> oh, you're so right. When do you buy or sell? I'm going to buy just because I think Denver still has a path to the three seed. Um, but they have to probably get the one or the two, if we're being honest. And they really might have to get the one. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the ESPN tiers article that came out for at the MVPs, I think, yesterday. But – Luka Doncic is in tier one right now, according to them. Nikola Jokic is in year is in tier two, simply because Nuggets are seven and seven. You know who's also seven and seven? The Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, look yeah. ESPN pushing that uh, that storyline. They were running ads about you know, preseason about you know could he be uh, an MVP? So that they're they're all in on that, and I, and I get it. Star power is is what they're looking for to sell games. But I think, I think Jokic at this point is, is more deserving than, than Luca is, but I'm biased, obviously. So. Hey, the, the basketball reference MVP tracker, just based off numbers, historical precedent for statistical cases, number two right now, Kevin Durant, just under 11%. Number one, Nikola Jokic, just under 47%. So statistically he's running away with it, but we know that's not, we know that's not the whole thing. I honestly think he's been better than his statistics. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah. They, if you want to submit, like if there was a hall of fame or not a hall of fame, a uh, uh, MVP committee, you know, I, I want to cut the like three minute span and the nuggets miss seven straight shots against the Utah jazz and Jokic just threw like, seven straight potential assists grabbed seven straight offensive rebounds and just kept passing it to wide open guys and they kept missing that's what i want because i saw on the timeline the other day somebody trying to get some clout actually it's a friend of mine but f him he said something about like Jokic gets assists that aren't really assists i want to show him the real and be like guys just look at how many times he throws to a wide open guy off of yep. something completely incredible and unfortunately right now guys are bricking shots left and right uh we got to keep it moving but i do commenters i, I am curious do you think what's more What's more difficult at this point, Jokic averaging the triple-double or Denver getting into that four or three seed? I'm curious which one's more in jeopardy. But uh, let's keep it moving on our end. Espo, if I told you the Suns have certainly turned a corner, they look like a different organization. If I told you the top factor in that was Chris Paul, are you buying or selling Chris Paul's impact? Selling. It's not downplaying Chris Paul's impact, but Monty Williams is the guy that's made Mm. The biggest impact uh, on the court with that. You could argue James Jones is a close second for putting together the roster, but Monty Williams came in and was a calming force, was a guy that changed the mindset of players, found a way to get the most out of guys like the aforementioned Aaron Baines. Uh, you know, we've seen Kelly Oubre struggle with the Warriors. Monty Williams was able to get as much as he could out of, out of him as well. I just, Monty Williams has installed the, the culture as much as anybody and i give him the credit for it. man that's a really cool answer that was a good one adam do you uh, obviously i suppose the guy he would know but i mean 
it's, it's no coincidence, right, that at, over the years where Chris Paul has been, maybe we've seen a, a sense of purpose instilled in, in an organization. I mean, first of all, you saw last year with Oklahoma City, literally nobody predicted them to be a playoff right. team, and they were like a really good one, uh, or a really good team that made the playoffs. I do think that he, he – here's what's tough. I think it's a confluence of a bunch of different things. One of it is you have a really young team where you expected guys to start to take steps forward, right? Like it's not a surprise DeAndre Ayton or, or Cam Johnson or these guys are playing significantly better than what they did last year because they're at an age when that curve is so steep. You did get a coach that I think is an absolutely fantastic coach for a young team. I don't know if he's a great – like I don't know if he's your final coach or, or what have you. I hope he is because I think he's a great guy. Great for the moment. And then as you mentioned, some of the moves that they made this summer around the edges, I think, are, are really have been really positive as well. So I think all of those things are a factor. But if you took Chris Paul out of that, to me, that would make the biggest – if you like sort of experimented and took one piece out at a time, I think the one the, – the Jenga piece that makes the tower fall down would be Chris Paul. When we've sort of covered all, all the bases of the question, so just open floor. What are your thoughts on Chris Paul's impact in, in Phoenix? Well, the reason I wanted Chris Paul in Denver so badly um, this season before Phoenix got him, because I always thought back to like what happened to the Nuggets when Chauncey Billups got to Denver and how it seemed like that team just grew up when Chauncey got here and like Mello kind of changed his tone and everything. And a similar thing could happen in Phoenix, I feel like. And I think a similar thing could have happened in Denver if they were able to get Chris Paul. I mean, we'll see. But I just think he can have that type of effect on a team. And, you know, by the time the year's up, maybe, you know, I think we'll probably see that with a lot of the young guys Phoenix has. Moving back to Denver for a second, I suppose the big question over here this season, how does Michael Porter Jr. look alongside Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic? Can he be a third star? Can he take the Nuggets to a championship level either this year or going forward? We haven't seen a ton of them. But just generally speaking, are you buying or selling that level of potential or that level of impact from MPJ? I buy the potential for sure, but the, the what it comes down to is, are you on the court? Right. And that's that, that's going to make all the difference because we've seen plenty of guys that have the potential to be that third guy in, in a lineup for a team, but they they just never get in rhythm because they're not on the court enough. And I really hope that's not the case here like we had to go through with DeAndre Ayton last year for you guys. So I'll buy the potential, but it's, it's going to take getting on the court and consistently staying on the court to reach. Sure. I like that he, MPJ, I think he might have now missed more games to COVID protocols than injury because so much of it is like, and then he's missed more than any of that to just not being on the rotation in Malone's rotation last year. So um, I'm still buying. I mean, I'm still buying. Did I freeze? No, I'm still buying MPJ and his impact. I do think that, there's just going to, my, my opinion on him is I think there's going to be a rough patch and it probably is over the next like 10 games where it's just, it's, it's not going to feel right every single game. But um, I've, I've long said, and I maintain once they get through that, that portion, then I just think the nuggets go to a whole other level. And that's why when people say they look at the nuggets and say, Hey, they're not as good as last year. I think they're fair. I think it's fair. Like, yeah, right, they don't look right. like that right now, but I think the team they are in, Certainly 20 games, but perhaps hopefully 10 games is is a lot different than what they are right now. Yeah. And the the thing about like the Nuggets heading into this year and getting better, taking that next step, it was really centered around Michael Porter Jr. taking that next step. And he obviously hasn't because he hasn't played. He hasn't been in the line consistently. And, you know, (laughs) 
hate to say it, but like this year, it's probably just going to be a shit show all, all around. You know, like guys are going to miss time. I'm sure this isn't going to be the last Nuggets rotation player who's out due to COVID protocols this season. It's, it's not going to be. So for this to be like one of maybe Michael Porter Jr.'s like most important year uh, in development and just in the trajectory of this Nuggets team, him meshing around Nicole and Jamal, it sucks that, you know, this is the year when we're in a pandemic. It's like the worst. Part. <laughs> you know? And that's why. So and that's why it sucks now. So many reasons. Yeah, I uh, think I'm selling, you know, inside of like this year is MPJ the answer. Like it's going to be what I thought it was going to be, you know, before the season started. They could lose in the first round. They could get lucky and make it to the conference finals again. But I am absolutely buying, and especially so when stock is low, or apparently so, I am buying MPJ's long-term impact. Espo, all those concerns are real. Um, But those are not bigger hurdles, in my opinion, than what Denver faces in terms of bringing in a player of MPJ's caliber to replace him, right? Like your chances of getting this guy are so slim and he's here. And I just think he actually has the potential for an elite off-ball game. He could be an elite spot-up shooter, good cutter, great offensive rebounder. His approach will dictate a lot. His st- you know, his, his availability will dictate a lot. But he has the skill set, in my opinion, to dominate alongside two high-usage guys. Let's go back to Phoenix. You, you mentioned this already. We'll sort of split it up. Both the offense and the de- defense looks good. Are you buying or selling this top-10 offense so far for Phoenix? I'm buying it because we haven't even seen them reach their full potential with it. Devin Booker hasn't had a traditional Devin Booker game yet. Chris Paul hasn't had what what people feel would be a real breakout Chris Paul game. And for the first time this year, over the last two games, DeAndre Ayton is, has shown up finally on the offense. And why they need that so badly is because without him, and his impact on the offense, you're requiring Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson oh. to be on every night. You need their their impact offensively every single night if DeAndre Ayton isn't bringing it. And I just don't think those two are ready for that. You'll see nights where both of them play immensely well. And a lot of times they actually happen on the same night. But you can't rely on that for, for the entire 72 games. You need DeAndre Ayton to be impactful. So I'll buy it because I still think there's a lot of room for growth in what this offense can do. Mars. Yeah. Um, hmm. I want to ask actually where I want to go with what, with this is I want to ask, you mentioned that Booker is with a Kardashian or something. I'm a little out of the loop. What, what exactly <laughs> is happening here? Just a little. With Kendall Jenner. And he spent part of, the quarantine time actually on an island with the Kardashian family. They uh, quarantined for two weeks and went to a private island. So, man, that's so lame. I'm selling. <laughs> I'm totally selling this now. And he's in a slump. You said, like, all right, I've heard enough, man. I've heard enough. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like sixty percent serious. <laughs> I know you are. That's the scary thing. Um, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy. I'm just looking at Phoenix's stats here. Chris Paul's averaging 13 and a half points per game, not really shooting the ball well. I feel like Chris Paul probably is just going to play possum for this whole regular season. Try to get DeAndre Ayton's confidence up. Try to get Cameron Johnson, all the role players, just try to get them to another level. And then Chris Paul's just going to turn it on for the playoffs. Like that that's what's coming, right? Well, 
Uh, so uh, listening to this, I think I'm reading between the lines. Imagine if two years ago, Nuggets never made the playoffs, had a great run. Remember to go to the game 82 against the, the Timberwolves? They don't get over the hump. Imagine if the Nuggets would have got Chris Paul and everyone would have been like, now the Nuggets are good because of Chris Paul. I feel like this might be a little – if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, this might be a little bit, Espo, of what you're hearing here and maybe why you're a little less gung-ho because you guys have a very good team. You've proven it in small doses, and now everyone's like, Chris Paul. Right. He's <laughs> yep. But that's what happens when you're a bad team for a decade. Uh. The thing that gives you credibility is a guy like Chris Paul coming in and everybody's going to assume he's the reason why that yeah. everything has changed. And that's perfectly fine. I don't, I don't right. care as long as the wins are there and that's all that matters. You can give all the credit to Chris Paul for all I care if they make the playoffs. That's not true though, man. Cause it is a, it is a short skip from like, and they suck, but look what Chris Paul has done for them. And, you're, and then it's just like annoying. Like you guys can imagine this with Jokic and Murray, sure. and it's like, well, we I mean, never won. And now Chris what Paul the Suns did in the bubble, like we would have such small market yeah. protective energy. Like they yeah. were heading in this direction anyway. Right, right. So yeah, but they wouldn't. I don't think they take that next step if they don't go get a yeah. guy like Chris Paul. Right. And you're not adding Jay Crowder. You're not adding a guy like a Langston Galloway on a on a vet minimum who's had an impact offensively. That's the difference is you're able to convince guys to take a little less to come in or convince a guy like a Dario Saric to stay on a lesser offer. Those right, kind of right, things right. that is that are the Chris Paul impact that that have an impact on the floor beyond just what he's doing. All right. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the second with one last one. I believe Espo the Nuggets are, are 10th as well or the, the Suns, I should say, are 10th as well on the defense event. Are you buying or selling a top 10 defense? I am buying the defense, and I may be more confident in the defense than I am the offense at this point. DeAndre Ayton has blossomed into that centerpiece uh, for the defense. He still has some lapses from time to time, but he is playing extremely well on the defensive end. He's captaining that. Uh, Obviously, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder bring a toughness. Campaign has been spectacular defensively and they've run a lineup with campaign and and javon carter that has been quite uh, difficult for backcourt when uh, when campaign's been healthy so i'm buying the defense they're all bought in there and it's and it's clicking uh the i think it's it's more so than the offense at this point all right guys let's uh let's hit this quick break and then we'll wrap things up we'll look at the playoff picture uh Mara's, you got to bounce you're out of here i do have to bounce i'm being called into the office for uh, for a filming here but um uh, greg it's good seeing you i hope you guys lose two in a row <laughs> good seeing you <laughs> all right guys make sure to check out green mountain dental group we've had several dnvr listeners switch over to green mountain dental group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist uh, they're great people. Green Mountain Dental Group, they care about you. And a lot of us here at DNVR, we've gone there to get our wisdom teeth pulled, get our uh, teeth cleaned, cavities filled, uh, the whole shebang. They will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush today when you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam. And if you're not familiar with Sonicare, a top-of-the-line electric toothbrush. So get one from Green Mountain Dental Group when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today. Also, check out StravaCraft Coffee, packed with CBD CBD, of course, has been known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, etc. You guys can get StravaCraft Coffee at StravaCraftCoffee.com and you can get a subscription to StravaCraft Coffee for 20% off with the code DNVR20. So head to StravaCraftCoffee.com, type in that code DNVR20, get 20% off a StravaCraft Coffee subscription 
or if this is your first order of StravaCraft, you can get 20% off that order with the code DNVR20. All right, dudes, uh, we'll wrap this up with a sort of rapid fire kind of thing. I just wanted to run through the playoff standings uh, as they sit today, and I'll kind of tailor a question to each team. A uh, little bit of buying or selling here. Espo, right now the Clippers are tied for the one seed with the Lakers. Technically, they are the one seed right now. Um, are you buying them as the best team out west? No, still the Lakers, and uh, you're not going to change my my mindset. Even if uh, the Clippers wind up as the one seed, I still think the mm-hmm. Lakers are superior to them until until they prove it uh, in the playoffs. Win. Yeah, I think it's the Lakers. And look, the Lakers right now are 11 and four, tie with the Clippers. It feels like the Lakers have been coasting to me. Feels like LeBron's been coasting. Feels like Anthony Davis has been coasting. And, you know, they're, they're tied for the top of the conference right now. So I think it's still the Lakers. And the Clippers, they, they've been impressive. Paul George has been good. But, I mean, you're still always thinking about the collapses that they've had. Yep. Back and, to last playoffs and, and even this season, this season too. Absolutely. All right. With regards to the Lakers, then I guess the question is are they a better or worse team than last year, Espo? Better. I think they have a improved depth and you've got a, a year under their belts playing together, KD and LeBron. I think they're a better a better team than last year for sure. Win. I think they're a better regular season team. I'm not ready to say they're a better playoff team just yeah. because uh, the personnel. Oh no. Hate to see it. Do we lose wind? It appears so. I do want to ask you about his point though, because I kind of agree with him, particularly the Harrell signing. Like I think any Clippers fan will tell you or Nuggets fan, even from that series, that's why they lost that series. And to me, sort of what made Anthony Davis beyond his individual defensive prowess, such a monster on that end was he was coming to help side with legit guys like Dwight Howard, right? Playing center, guarding Jokic's not quite that same terrifying proposition in terms of size and strength this year. Um, is there any chance that maybe that, you know, the matchups change for them at all in the playoffs? Well, I, I think certainly that could be the case and it's going to depend on, on who they're facing too, whether, whether that becomes problematic. I certainly think they're a better regular season team, but, but I do agree. They may not be a better postseason team, but they just need to be the same, a, a similar postseason team. And they're going to likely win a second championship. When you have LeBron and AD, the other things are just garnish, obviously. Right. Right. I agree. Like the Herald dynamic, way bigger deal to the Clippers than it's going to be to the Lakers who will probably right. optimize them. Uh, how about the Utah Jazz off to a nice start? They're whole. They're ten and four. Um, you, you surprised by what they're doing at all? Are you buying them as a, a top three team? I'm not surprised that that they're playing well. I mean, they they have a lot of their core back, uh, so they're it, it's not as if they've had the kind of adjustment that other teams have, especially uh, especially the Suns in in particular. You know, a lot of people like to compare the Jazz and the Suns uh, in, in terms of type of team makeup where they might wind up and whatnot. Well, the Suns have had to try to figure out a lot of new pieces. The jazz are, are trying to just figure out, you know, how to pick up where they left off. And so that, I think that makes it easier for them. I think they will be a good team. I think they're another one of these teams. that's anywhere from three to six. Yeah. I think there's, I think it's the nuggets, the Suns, sure. uh, the jazz. There's a lot of teams that are just sitting there that, that, 
somewhere in that three to six range. They're all just going to kind of move around throughout the year, I think. Agreed with you there on the Jazz. We already talked about Phoenix quite a bit. Uh, one of the surprises of the season, the Golden State Warriors are eight and six, even without Klay Thompson. They look pretty good. Steph looks great. Are, are you buying them as a, as a playoff team out West or, or even more so like a, a five, six range team? I think they're certainly going to be in the playoff discussion, especially with you know the moves we've seen Houston make that kind of pushes them back in my mind. I'm not, I'm not buying into, you know, the whole roster there. So I think the team that benefits the most is a golden state warriors type team who they're probably going to be around 500 a lot, a lot of the year, but that right. may be good enough to get them in the discussion. When you have Steph Curry, I mean, anything's possible. That guy can, can basically do anything on a basketball court. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Kelly Oubre briefly earlier. Well, He's had a horrific start to this season. If he recaptures anything like he was in Phoenix, right. there, there's an additional offensive uh, firepower there as well. So I'm never going to write Golden State off with Steph playing the way he is. Yeah, and more headroom too, right? Maybe Wiseman figures it out, some younger guys there. I, I had them slotted at, at kind of the eight seed to start the season. I actually still think they'll they'll finish around there, but I, I would pick them to, to make the playoffs at this point. How about Portland? Eight and six. I mean, the record's fine. Everything's so so jumbled here out west. But they're at they're in the sixth seed. A lot of positive thoughts about their offseason initially. What do you think of Portland? Are you buying or selling them, especially with the with the Roco acquisition? I I think I'm going to sell them because of the CJ McCollum uh, broken foot. I, I mean, what it comes down to is is you need you need him. You need him and Dame. And yeah, sure, Dame could carry them for a short period of time, but I just refuse to believe that I think originally they're like, well, it could be a four week kind of thing. And I just yeah. refuse to believe broken foot is something you're coming back from in, in four weeks like, and being able to perform at any high level. So I, I think Dame can carry him for a couple of weeks, but I really think that that's going to hurt them. I, they'll, I, they'll be a playoff team, but they're going to be one of those teams again in that play in mix is, right. is kind of the way. Nurkic injury too. And like, I, you know, one of the biggest issues for Portland, I feel like is all they've had to survive and get through just to get to the playoffs. Like Dame is gassed and understandably so every time. So yeah, I don't know. Portland's in a bit of a trouble spot. Uh, Wind Espo almost done here. Memphis Grizzlies seven and six. One of the the fun feel good stories of last year. Although um, uh, so, so what do you think of, of the direction they're heading in this year? Are you buying them as a, as a playoff team out West? I'm going to go as far as John Morant's going to take it. I think that's, yeah. I think that's the, the bottom line with them. They're, they're still a fun team uh, to, to watch. They, they have that mentality still of just doing the little things and, and trying to surprise people. But I think they're again, another team that's just going to be in that, in that play in mix. I don't think they're, they're solid enough to be considered in the top six in the list. Yeah. I think they will be a playing team too. And we all know the Grizzlies are my, uh, league pass side piece and i don't know if you guys have seen but xavier tillman uh the bell of the ball for uh, nba draft twitter has been yeah. incredible has been incredible in in a limited minute so far ever since he's kind of been put in this rotation so i'm, I'm buying them as a playing team yeah they went even younger didn't they playing those guys a lot they're, they're another rushing nesting doll kind of young core has a young to- core team over there uh finish up with the spurs uh, they're eight and seven. I thought they were going to be pretty bad. I guess there's still time for that to flesh out, but decent start to the year. As far as the Spurs, a playoff team. 
Popovich. I, I don't know that they're a playoff team, but they're going to be right there in the discussion for for the play-in just because of what Greg Popovich is able to get out of the most random accumulation of, of guys. Even even when they had their stars, a lot of times it was it was the bench guys that would come in and play a big role and, and help buoy them right. uh, even in their in their heyday. So I never ever, and this is probably because I'm a Suns fan and have been hurt by the Spurs more times than I'd like to count. I never write off uh, Greg Popovich. When yeah. it seems like they'll be right in the mix for the play-in, which is too bad because I was hoping I was hoping DeMar DeRozan would be on the trade block at some time this year. He still could be, uh, I guess, even if they're in contention for that play-in. But um, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about what DeMar DeRozan's fit on the Nuggets would look like as kind of um, a starter and then the fulcrum of a, a bench unit on the offensive end. Not going to lie. I've thought about that. Yeah, it's definitely something to think about. I, you know, play in territory. I still, I would be surprised if they're one of the eight teams at the end of the year, Um, but we'll see. I mean, they certainly look uh, a lot better than I thought so far. And just final thoughts, Dallas and Denver. I mean, the reason why I brought all this up is those are two teams we can all reasonably expect, I think, to, to work their way in here and shake up this playoff picture. So maybe Portland's in a trouble spot. We'll see with those injuries. Um, But I think, I think outside of those two teams up top guys in LA, there's, there's still plenty to figure out out West Espo. We appreciate it as always, man. It's good stuff. Um, we're really stoked on the suns and everything that's going on and, and trending in the right direction. Uh, but we hope that that abruptly goes in the other direction. Well, in the know, next couple of games. We're hoping that, uh, that you guys fall under 500. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure. Check them out on the, uh, actually do you want to plug your own stuff, man? You're probably better at it than I am. Yeah, you can check us out, uh, myself and my co-host out on the Sun Solar Panel. We do that live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So check us out. You can check me out on Twitter, at Espo. And uh, appreciate it, as always. Love what you guys are doing at the DNVR and uh, and jealous that we don't have something like that here in Phoenix. Thank you, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, Espo. Appreciate you, Adam. Thanks to Frozen Harrison. And to all the commenters, make sure you throw a like on that YouTube video. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you soon. Before we get out of here today, I want to remind you guys that you can get 20% off a StravaCraft coffee subscription with the code DNVR20. And if you're like me, if you're like a lot of us here at DNVR, StravaCraft coffee, it's part of our daily lives. I wake up every morning, usually have a cup of StravaCraft coffee before I hop on the DNBA show or the DNVR Nuggets podcast or before I go into the office. It's packed with CBD, just makes you feel better. If you got migraines, back pain, arthritis, CBD can help cure a lot of those ailments. And it also just tastes really, really good. So check out StravaCraft Coffee today. Get 20% off your subscription to StravaCraft Coffee. Get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and get it 20% off with the code DNVR20 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. If you're a first time customer, use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your first purchase.